Blog Talk Radio. Healing from Within. I'm your host, Tony Valen. You can contact me, Tony, at TonyValen.com or visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Follow the show on Twitter, at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. Joining us on today's show is Frank Valentine. You can learn more about Frank by going to his website, SearchingTruth.org. Like him on Facebook, forward slash Searching Truth, and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Searching Truth. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you, and thank you for having me on your show again. Thank you. Well, we're so happy to have you back for a second time. Um, I know you personally, and we talk all the time. Uh, You have a problem with the term near-death experience. Tell us why, and also tell us why you prefer to call it a spiritual experience. Okay, yes. I do have a problem. Well, I don't want to make a big issue out of the word near-death experience because of the different connotation that people have given to it. But near-death experience, uh, in my book, based on my experience, having been there myself, I've learned that a near-death experience is nothing different from a spiritual experience. The problem with the term near-death experience is that, for instance, if you go to Wikipedia, just to give you an example, you have pages and pages and pages. I mean, you can keep scrolling down and down and down, trying to figure out what it is based on the people's experience, religion, science, society. But nevertheless, this is no different than a spiritual experience. You can give every single kind of explanations that you want, every single term that you want, but it's nothing different than a spiritual experience. If, if, if you allow me to, for example, I can help you, uh, your audience, understand what a, what a near-death experience is. Although I would like mm-hmm. to call it a spiritual experience, just because everybody uh, looks at the term near-death experience, let's, let's give you some the near-death experience word, why I can try to make people understand what it is. Uh, For example, because I had a near-death experience by myself, in Mm -hmm. in 1979, uh, I died due to a car accident, and I was there, I had the experience, and I brought with me that vivid memory of that world that does exist, and it is so hard to comprehend. If I draw a line, let's say, for example, a horizontal line, just to help you understand what a a near-death experience is, if I draw that horizontal line or ask you to draw uh, a line or draw a line and uh, split it in half, the first half, the one half side that is going to be on your right-hand side, let's say that is the physical world. And then in the other half, the one that is going to be on your left, you're going to call it the spiritual side. Right on that line that you draw that divide the physical and the spiritual, that dividing line is what a near-death experience is called, which is nothing more than a glimpse from that person that is in the physical world, taking a glimpse of the spiritual side, and when that person comes back, 
it comes back with a memory of what took place on that other round. The problem, the, the biggest problem here is that that the, near, the, the one who had a near-death experience has to face one of the biggest problems, not knowing what took place. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Then they ask themselves, because I did it myself, who can I trust? Can I trust religion? Religion is not, is not going to believe me because the orthodox tradition in this uh, Western Hemisphere is highly, uh, um, they go into the, the, the Christianity uh, aspect of, of religion, and that's a no-no. Then you go to the psychology side of the culture we live in, and they say, no, you just had an hallucination. And they both have opposite point of views. So what happened to the one who had the near-death experience? He just feel isolated. That's it, isolated. And he doesn't know or she doesn't know who to turn to. And then you have to start figuring out what happened to you. Some people say, well, you know what? It was probably a hallucination. And they just erase it from the memory bank. And there are others, mm. they start trying to figure it out into, is this part of religion? It is something else? But most of them are isolated, and then there's a tug of war between religion, philosophy, and culture, and they don't know which way to go. Uh, mm. But my point here is that when you have that near, that, that so-called near-death experience, uh, the number one killer is perception, because everyone sees it differently. Some people see the tunnel, others see the light, others see the void. In my personal specific case, I saw the void. Then you have yeah. seen people, people saying, for example, uh, I saw a, a lost loved one, I saw God, I saw Jesus. But what they don't realize is that not even science, that this is all about perception. So let, let, let me give you an example of, of what I mean by perception. Sure. Let's imagine, for instance, uh, let's take computers, because this is, every, this is something that everybody can relate to. The computer system uses a binary, binary language, which is zeros and ones, that the computer, which is the brain of, the, of that equipment, the computer then translates those zeros and ones into images to a screen so you can understand what's going on and so you can work with whatever the computer has uh, for you to work with. If we create an analogy, we can work it out this way. If in the physical world, we have a computer with a binary language that we interpret into images. The spirit world does have a language, but the language in the spirit world is called intent. The intent is very sublime, and the brain can only perceive the intention and creates an image so that way the person can understand what's going on. For instance, if I give you the example of, if I ask you to describe me the word serenity, what will you tell me? Serenity to me? Yeah. To me, the, yeah. wor uh, the word serenity to me would mean, uh, for lack of a better word, bliss. I guess if I'm in, in total bliss, it's serenity. Does that, is that sound okay. right? Sure. Describe me bliss then. Uh, bliss, bliss to me is... Complete happiness, complete uh, release of any worries or thoughts that I may be having. Okay, well, if, if you see by asking you, you gave me another word. And when I ask yeah. you, you gave me another word. So then you, gave me, you change it to happiness, then you can change it for it. You have to describe it with words. In other words, you have to create an image that you can relate to in order for you to understand one principle and, 
trying to describe it. Well, I gave you the word serenity, and it didn't, it ended up in happiness, from one to the other to the other to the other. If, for example, we take uh, someone who had a near-death experience, uh, whatever experience they had, through their perceptive mind, they will give a definition. They will make a description, and the description and definition will be based on their culture, uh, religious belief, uh, social and culture uh, upbringing, and so forth. For instance, if you are in the East, you're going to have an experience totally different if you were raised in the West. So, for example, if you're in the West and you believe in, in Christian, through Christianity, you're not going to see Buddha and so forth. So, so that is the, the, the problem, perception. Once we understand how perception works, and w once we understand that, that we, in fact, go to a new realm that we are unaware of, but it's very much in existence, then we can begin to understand how the process works. You Absolutely. See? I do, yes. We have a caller, actually, that's calling in. Would you mind taking the caller now? Sure, no problem. Welcome to Healing from Women. This is Tony and, and Frank. Hello, uh, this is uh, Delphine. I'm in Indianapolis. Oh, hi, Delphine. How are you? Okay. I'm so doing what fine. question do you have for Frank? What question do you have for Frank? <clears throat> well, um, as uh, you know, that I've, I've done a lot of research on uh, near-death experiences, and although I personally never really have had one in the traditional sense, <clears throat> but I, uh, as a nurse, I came across a lot of my patients that, that did have a uh, out-of-body and a near-death experience and so forth. And uh, uh, basically, I guess my question would be, uh, uh, has he uh, done any research or stuff as far as uh, how somebody can, someone can have a near-death experience without necessarily dying by simply experiencing a traumatic event in their life? Yes, I have, I have no case, a lot of cases, and I know because of my understanding and interpretation of what a near-death experience is, being a spiritual experience, it can happen at any time. The, the problem is that the word near-death experience, they, it is usually tacked along the fact that somebody it is either in an operating room and detaches from the body, or have an accident, a, uh, an accidental bodily injury, and the soul detaches from the physical body. That experience is gonna is gonna take you to that realm uh, on a very uncontrolled environment. In other words, you abruptly got out of your body, and you find yourself in this realm that you really don't understand. Then someone comes back and say, "You're not ready. Go back." and then you find yourself in the physical body asking yourself, what the heck happened? But I have known a lot of people that have had out-of-body experiences that they're fully aware that they are souls in nature, and they are at peace with that fact. And I've known people that have the ability to, to go in out-of-body experiences and go different places. I've, I've talked to them myself, and... Uh, people that I know that I have no reason to doubt of their abilities. Uh, but at the same time, there are a lot of people that go through a similar experience in meditation process. You don't have to almost die to have that spiritual experience. Uh, I myself have been in trances of meditation, trances that I have been out of my body, not physical body, but into a different uh, experiences of different realms. I've seen it. And because of my personality and my traces, knowing myself as a very, uh, uh, how should I say, now, I would not like to say controversial, but very analytical, questioning everything. When I go through those experiences, I get it. You see, I get it. I don't go into the the psychological, scientific point of view, but neither do I go deep into religion. I just know that 
that world does exist and I know how it works because I've been there myself. So, so that is my problem with the word near-death experience. There are plenty of spiritual experience that can be termed as near-death and there are many others that people don't know how to label just because they didn't go through what they, what humanity called near-death experience as something that have to follow this pattern, so this sign, so this whatever. So if you take away the word near-death experience and understand that those experiences of you going into a new realm, they are indeed spiritual experience, then you don't have to be dealing with those uh, near-death, OBE, or whatever people want to call them. You see, the problem is that people love to, to give terms to things and then put stages. For example, the other day I came across uh, this website and they talk about near-death experience that they have four stages. I mean, give me a break. You know, how many stages do you want to put to a near-death experience? Are you following me? Yes. So, did, did I answer your question? Yes, actually, uh, well, that, that gets to, if I can ask uh, one more thing, that, um, Absolutely. as you mentioned, what I uh, experienced uh, actually more than one time is, um, I want to say, a, a spiritual experience where uh, people that have had a near-death experience speak about a, a place of uh, tremendous peace and joy and calmness and so forth. I have experienced that through, as you said, meditation and prayer. So was that actually basically like, a, I guess, an out-of-body experience or into a different realm that I experienced? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. you, you got to remember something. Uh, when people call uh, near-death experience, out-of-body experience, they believe they think that they go somewhere else. They don't because everything is a stage of mind. If you understand that everything is a stage of mind, then you realize that when you are, for example, in a meditation stage, you are in a stage of mind that you're receptive to receive those influences that abound on that realm that you are uh, in, in good vibe with. You, you are vibrating at that energy level that you actually tap into that reality and you can perceive it. Once you perceive it, it goes to your memory bank and when you go back, you keep it in memory and you understand that you did have a spiritual experience. You see, if everyone would, would use the word with the word it's spiritual experience, they, they, they would not have to, to try to figure it out, like you just said, what did I have? I, ha I had this bliss moment, I had this experience, so I don't know where to put it. Where's the box that this experience fit in? If we go get, uh, and if we remove all those boxes and you, you realize, yes, I did have a spiritual experience. You don't have to define it in any other way. And that way you feel at peace whenever you feel that bliss within you, knowing that you did have a spiritual experience. Did I answer that question? Yes, that's, that's sort of where uh, my track of thinking was that uh, even though I didn't die, I still was able to uh, shift the consciousness, as you said, and experience a peaceful, uh, loving place that... Uh, that uh, near-death experience people talk about. So, so I have uh, I've experienced it for myself, and and I want to say that it is truly a a very very peaceful, loving, tremendous. Uh, I mean, the most awesome place uh, you can ever I guess experience. Oh yes, you have. In order for you to really really understand, you have to have the experience yourself. And and also please keep in mind, Delphi, that it is within you. Yes. So if Absolutely. you if you look if you look within yourself and you learn to know yourself from within, you don't have anything to worry about anything else. They yeah, can call whatever the other thing, they want. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was no, just going to say, ahead. since we have Delphine on on the line, I wanted to go ahead and ask you because he said he was a nurse and he's experienced a lot of. Uh, for lack of a better word, near-death experiences yes, in dying. In dying, yes. So uh, why don't you, Frank, tell him or talk about the shared death experience. Is that what that's called? 
And you're asking me about my shared near-death experience in the year 2000? Yeah, yeah, the, the, the shared uh, death experience, because, because he is a nurse and, he, and I feel, do you think that he has shared a near-death experience with someone? Wait a minute. I, I, can you rephrase the uh, question because I'm not following you. you. You want me to talk about the... Go ahead. Sure. Okay. What I was asking uh, is Delphine mentioned that he is a nurse and he has uh, experienced or shared dying with patients. And I right. know that uh, part of what you do and what you've explained to and what we've talked about is a shared death experience. So I was going to ask you to explain uh, shared death experience and if you feel that Delphine, is that what he experienced when he was with these patients? What are your thoughts? Well, I don't know unless Delphine really gave me a full explanation of what happened. I wouldn't know if he had a near-death experience with somebody else. Uh, mm. Delphine, have you had a near-death experience with someone that, uh, that you were taking care of as a nurse? Actually, uh, it's not so much as a as a patient, but I know that when uh, uh, both my parents passed away, I I know that when my dad passed away, I could still basically feel him right next to me, basically almost hear his voice. That he was, I exactly know what he sounded like, and in fact, sometimes I even felt like he was in me as I was walking around. I was walking just like he did, you know, because uh, he had bad knees and so forth. And, and then uh, I was kind of uh, uh, struck by that, and uh, I knew he was uh, uh, around me. And uh, even even my mom, when when she passed away in 2013, uh, I had the same thing. We were, in fact, my wife and I were driving back from Texas. From because uh, she had been in the nurse in the well in the hospital and so forth, she passed away. We drove back, and then uh, I I was getting this feeling that uh, they were riding the back seat with us as we were driving back to uh, Kentucky from Texas. Well, well, actually, now that you mentioned uh, that, that will give me a, a chance to explain this. Many are the cases that uh, people have shared near death experience with loved ones when they pass on. The thing is that if you are not paying attention to those little details, you will not know that they are there with you. For example, in, in your case, Elfin, you, you were able to sense uh, yes. his presence, and uh, you were able to, to acknowledge his presence. But there's a lot of people out there that they just, it, it's just, the problem is that this is not taught in any school. So people don't know. I mean, for example, I am one of them. When when I went through the through my shared near death experience with my mom, I took it as something normal, something that happened, something awkward. But I never gave gave it the intensity of of the experience that I went through until I had my experience in 2011 when I got this awakening moment when I realized that of how many. Uh, spiritual experience I had shared throughout my lifetime. So if you if you have lost a loved one or uh, you're close to, if you find tune within yourself, when that time comes, you might be much, much receptive to receive that loving message of that loved one reassuring you that that other person is very well and alive. So I urge everybody that is listening to fine-tune into that reality that does exist. And like I said before, it is so hard to comprehend, but does exist. And uh, the example is right there in front of me. Delphine had that experience. You felt yeah, the presence of your father. You felt the, the bliss. You know it does exist. The problem is validation. People need validation because this is something fairly new to everyone. You got religion from one side fighting with the psychology for the other, and they don't get, uh, I mean, they're totally opposite point of view. And here we are, right in the middle, trying to figure out what's going on. So fine-tune, everybody needs to fine-tune within themselves so they can be more aware of that, uh, that reality. I think right? uh, uh, when, when you keep, uh, yeah, we are, keep mentioning religion, which I, I mention a lot to people as well, that, as you said, uh, uh, a person's belief is 
going to have a lot to do with uh, what you're experiencing and uh, by by uh, by uh, I guess um, <clears throat> following the, the the religion so strict. In fact, I just I just put something like that on uh, Facebook uh, the other day. How uh, <clears throat> the great law of love is there's just one law which is love, and and uh, in the Bible it mentions uh, in Matthew 22 how. The, they were asking him what uh, what is the greatest law in the you know and he said that basically to love God above all and your neighbor as yourself and that I uh, came to find out that love is the one universal law but religion uh, adds all these uh, rituals and uh, traditions and 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 it just basically confuses the whole thing instead of just making it simple in the spiritual to love and that's basically what what we're supposed to be learning to do. Yeah, yeah. If we become more spiritual, we will understand that we are creating all this mess all ourselves. It is so simple. Everything is based on love. That bliss that you felt is the same bliss that I have felt the, the times that I had those spiritual experiences, uh, the same bliss I receive when I'm in deep meditation. And if everybody fine-tuned to that bliss, then love will take care of the rest. That's simple. That simple. The problem is that humanity is always saying, no, I'm right and you're wrong. Let me show you the way. <laughs> and, and, and that's that's the whole problem. Yeah. There are so, there's like a million religions and a million different beliefs, and they all claim that they're the right ones and that they're all just walking on top of each other, and they're, they're missing the, the simple point that, like, as you said, love, that is the spiritual point. That's the connection to source, to God, and if uh, you're not connected to that, you're, you're going to be arguing and you're going to be missing the entire point and you're going to miss out on a, on a lot of uh, uh, awesome experiences that, uh, that people could have. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. Perfect. Any more questions? Okay. Delphine? Yes. Uh, did you have any other questions or did he answer your questions? Uh, no, yeah, I answered my question. Uh, I guess we can let other people that they can call in, and I'm sure they have questions too. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Delta. Okay, hey, you're welcome. Bye bye. Okay. okay so uh, I was going to ask you next. Uh, this is your second time on the show, so for the benefit of the people that didn't listen to the first show. Um, can you please tell us about the first show and what covered? Uh, give us a refresher and also tell us what was it that you were trying to tell people in our first show? Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, my, uh, my why. Why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I want to help people understand what a near-death experience is and what really takes place. Reason why is because I am an NDE-er myself, because that's a new term now. First, you have NDE as an acronym for near-death experience, and now, uh, now the, new, the new trend is calling people NDE-ers. But anyways, my, my spiritual experience began in 1979, when at the age of 17, and due to a car accident, I died. Uh, when I died, I went into the void. Uh, being so young and being raised in, the, in Christianity, very orthodox uh, Catholic uh, system, uh, no one believed me. So I decided to take it out uh, on myself, and uh, I began the journey of reading everything I could, trying to learn and understand what took place, and uh, figure it out. Uh, the first lesson that I learned is not to believe everything that is being written. Because having the experience myself, I knew what was right and what was wrong. I mean, the, uh, based on the interpretation and, and, and the many writings that I was uh, reading about. Uh, mm. But my life uh, was normal, and uh, I kept on with my life. I raised a family, and uh, but at the age of uh, 52, I believe, and that was in 2011, I did have a, a spiritual experience of great proportions. Uh, I don't think we're going to have time to, for me to explain that much, but uh, in a nutshell, that in, in 2011, uh, 
let's say that a spirit of light made contact with me to remind me of an agreement that took place in 1979. Uh, I was totally overwhelmed by that, but uh, then I realized that I had my death experience in 1979, which I was not fully... Are you there? Yeah, sorry, Frank. We lost you for oh. a minute there. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What part did you, did you not hear? Uh, just, just continue. Uh, I think we'll be fine oh. because... Uh, okay. Go ahead. Okay. So what happened was that then I realized that in the year 2000, I had a near-death experience that I shared with my dying mother. When uh, she was about to die, she was supposed to die within a few hours, but then she came back to resolve some legal issues that had to, to take place. I was baffled, but I didn't know that it was a, a near-death experience, or and I didn't know that there was spiritual intervention. But then in the year 2002, I had a near-death experience myself. When, when I was, uh, getting up from bed, I realized that uh, everything was total white, and I got the presence of the light, and I was being drawn by the light, and uh, I was ready to go, because it was the very same experience that I had in 1979, except that in 1979, I went through the void, and in the year 2002, I saw the light. And that's when I learned, but I did learn it in 2011, but that experience taught me that everything is about perception. Because in 1979, I saw the, the, the total darkness, beautiful, blissful, uh, blissful experience in the void, but this time I was looking at the light. So what was it? it was it darkness or light? And that's when I realized that everything is based on perception. Uh, then in 2010, I had a mystical experience, I should say or uh, a spirit of light uh, talk to me through a meditation state, telling me to no longer learn from the outside world because everything I was going to learn moving forward was going to be from within. And that's when I had a, a, that experience, spiritual experience in 2011. Uh, that was the point that uh, where I began to understand that I had some work to do, uh, something uh, beyond my comprehension, but something that happened in 1979 that in 2011 uh, had to be uh, unveiled, and it did happen. So, so because of that, I'm here today speaking to you, speaking to people. I've created a web page. I've written a book about near-death experience. I'm working on the one on the experience that I had in 2011. And uh, I am moving forward to help people understand uh, how a near-death experience takes place and uh, how to return back home. That's my purpose in life right now as we speak. Help people understand what a near-death experience is and help them go back home. Got it. Understand. Great. And I know that uh, in uh, conversations that I've had with you, you've talked about higher truth. Can you tell us what it is? And uh, well, tell us all about higher truth. Higher truth. Wow. Okay. Higher truth. Let me see how can I explain this. Higher truth is like math. Do you remember when you were a child and you were taught to 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 memorize uh, the numbers from one to ten, uh, I was so yes. young that I don't even. Re- I, I was so young that I don't even remember how old I was. But but when mm. the teacher uh, taught me how to how to count from one to ten, she explained to me that I was going to learn the foundations of all the numbers. I remember that because I felt so proud trying to memorize those numbers from one to ten. When I had to recycle in front of the classroom, I was very proud that I did my job and I learned all the numbers. I think I know the teacher said, hey, class, now we're going we're gonna to teach you to learn to, write, to, to memorize the numbers from 10 to 20. 
And that was my first shocker. Wait a minute, did you just taught me how to count all the numbers from 1 to 10? What is this from 10 to 20? Which that's, that's higher truth. And then I learned to, to add and subtract and then multiply and then I divide. So higher truth is one step closer to a bigger understanding of how this all works. If I give you the analogy of math, I can tell you that I can teach you how to read numbers from one to two. But then I'm going to change and I'm going to say that now we're going to learn from 10 to 20. Then I'm mm. going to show you how to add. And once you know the concept of add, adding and subtracting, then I'm going to throw your curveball. I'm going to teach you how to add minus 5 plus 2. That will be equal to minus 3. Mind-boggling at first, but that's higher truth. Isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Same thing. Absolutely. Same thing. When I speak higher truth, I don't pretend to call it uh, the ultimate truth. Because that ultimate truth, we will not understand it until we start seeking from within. Because I can tell you everything that I know, and you, will, you might say, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I kind of get it. But unless you go through the experience yourself, you will not understand higher truth. But by me giving you information that goes beyond the reasoning and you pondering about it, it's like me telling you, for instance, that there we have positive numbers and negative numbers in the mathematical equation or give you formulas that are real, that they do exist, but people are not even aware of. When I speak higher truth, I mean, when I say that I speak higher truth is because in, the t in 2011, when that, uh, let's say, spirit of light approached me to remind me of an agreement that took place in 1979, before that spirit of light left, he gave me access to higher truth from what I might call the collective forces of knowledge and wisdom. Let me, let me put it this way. After that experience, I began working in the middle of the night, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 a.m., and I began to download information that I didn't even know that it existed. So mm -hmm. because it was in the middle of the night, I began to record that information and then realizing how deep that information was. But for me, it was so easy because I got it, let's say, from the abstract. I gave it form. I understood. And after understanding, I was able to put it into words. So now I have information that I didn't know that I knew. But I was learning in the process of the downloading. And uh, if you go to my website, for example, I have them in what I call them transcript. For example, the experience that I have in 2011, if you go to mm -hmm. my about page in my website, you're going you're gonna to hear the story in a nutshell. And then you can read the first, the first transcript that took place during that evening. And uh, following transcript, because if you go to the tab of transcript, you're going you're gonna to read higher truth. Not from my words, but from higher sources. That is from what from what you higher reading, sources. Right. Absolutely. Uh, we do have another caller, and I was going to go ahead and bring her in. Uh, you're ready for another caller? Sure. Okay, great. Hello, Veronica from Illinois. Thank you for calling. How can Frank help you? Hi, hi, Tony. I just love your show. I just wanted to tell you that. And um, oh, Frank, I had a I had a question for you, Frank. Does sure. everybody near death have a near death experience? Meaning, are people that are like near death in hospitals or in hospice, or you know, have had car accidents or other near death? Do they always have a near death experience? Why would they, or why would they not? Okay, let's 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 begin from this premise. 
A near-death experience can be called a near-death experience only if you bring it back to memory. Meaning that if I did have the experience and I did not bring it back to memory, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen. To give you an example, in 1979 oh. I had a car accident, but I did not remember what took place. And in 2011 I was remembered of something that happened, an agreement that took place. But I, it wasn't in my memory bank. So is there, a trigger, it, is there a trigger that would allow somebody to remember a near-death experience, maybe not necessarily at that time, but something that triggers them 10, 15 years later? Oh, I have no, no reason to believe that it, it cannot happen. It happened to me. To give you an example, uh, uh, many people have, for instance, uh, let me give you just one example. Uh, when I had the near-death experience in 1979, I uh, I remember asking myself three questions. Who am I, who's my father, and who's my mother? Okay. I could never get a straight answer as, as much as I tried to, but it wasn't until after maybe two years ago. We're talking about that is something years after that experience that I realized that I was asking those questions because I was uh, I was a soul trying to identify with my identity, the, the Frank Valentin that I was back then in age 17. Where am I that I don't have a physical body? So if I'm alive, I should have a physical body. Why don't I have a physical body? And if I'm alive, it's because I have a father and a mother. So where right. are they? You see? So someone might have a spiritual experience and uh, not necessarily bring it back to memory and years later saying, wait a minute, how come now I think of this and this and this and that? Uh, there are things that can trigger that. Maybe you're not ready to receive that information right there and there like it happened to me. And okay. maybe you are not, you're not supposed to even know. Oh, so I, I could have had, yeah, so I could have had one and just not even know it, or I could have had one and maybe it's just not, you know, you know, a good time for me to know it, or I could have had one and maybe it'll present itself later on when I'm ready to receive. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Fine-tune with yourself and ask, that, and ask yourself that question. It will come to you. Yep, I wrote the three it, questions down. Thank you, Frank. Oh, sure, you're welcome. Well, thank you so much, Veronica. Thank you, Tony. Mm -hmm. Bye, Veronica. Okay, so uh, I just wanted to do a quick little uh, reminder to everyone. Uh, you are listening to Healing from Within with Tony Valen. Um, uh, you can contact me directly, Tony at TonyValen.com, or visit our website, HealingFromWithin.net. Follow the show on Twitter, at TVHFW. The show is also available on iTunes and YouTube. Just search Healing From Within uh, with Tony Valen or look for the Tony Valen channel on YouTube. We're talking to our guest, Frank Valentin. You can learn more about Frank by going to his website, searchingtruth.org. Like him on Facebook, Searching Truth, and subscribe to his YouTube channel by the same name, Searching Truth. Now, Frank, tell us, about the different experiences you have had with NDE. Um, how has that helped you become a better person? And what I mean by that is I know that you've had more than one near-death experience, and, and you've touched on it, but how has that impacted your life and what you feel about uh, the spiritual that you've experienced? Well, let me first, let me first tell you that even though it might seem easy or like this is a bliss or something like that, it is not. Because it's a very difficult uh, thing to, to do when you start uh, working in the spiritual realm. Uh, because first you have to let go of, of your old self. I, I remember, for example, in, in my experience in 2011, that I was missing my old me. I was, I was missing my old me because I, I began to see things differently. I began to understand people more. I began to let go of 
attachment. I stopped judging people. Uh, and so many other things that I was saying to myself, well, what am I becoming? I mean, this is getting kind of weird to me uh, until I got used to it. And uh, I'm still working on that. There's a lot of things that I know uh, from the transcript, for instance, that I tell my wife, if I know and if I can do everything that I say and know, I wouldn't be here. But I am here because I'm still human working with what I need to work with, you see? Right. Because in, or in order for me to become a, a better person, a spiritual person, to be one within, I have to start learning that to let go of everything that attached me to this earth plane. And that is not easy at first. But it's like, a, like a, I've heard from, um, I don't know, the, if you know uh, Ram Dass, which is someone that I have read a lot about. He just mm -hmm. he mentioned something very very funny that I liked that he, that he said. Well, start detaching, start letting go of things little by little. Start with letting go of M and M. Start with the little things and move on into into higher things that that you know that you have to let go if you are seeking the spirit world. Uh, for example, if you, for instance, many people, they, many people love gossiping, for instance. Mm -hmm. if, if, you, if you know that, that the spirit world that, uh, and the behavior that we have to embrace is a different one, you have to start letting go of, of those, for example, uh, TV programs that all they talk is about gossiping, and uh, uh, reading, not reading anything that has to do with gossiping and uh, stop gossiping and walking away from people that are always uh, gossiping. I mean, you, you have to, I, it's kind of isolating yourself from the world, but, uh, but in a good sense, because at the end of the day, the question that you have to, to make to yourself is, when the time comes, which side of the fence do I want to be in? And that's a tough question to make. I mean, when you start thinking about it, what side, which side of the fence do you want to be in when the time comes? That's something that you cannot do at the last minute because life doesn't work that way. You have to work from now, changing your, 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 your eating habits, your, your culture habits, your, your understanding of what life is, and, and, and think of, of on higher truth. So you can understand things better. So when that time comes, you are on that side of the fence you actually want to be in when the time comes. My work is to help people understand that. And it has changed my life a lot. And that is what I'm doing now. I'm dedicating 100% of my life. I even quit my job to do this, 100%. It's like like we talked about it, uh, 10%. Uh, yeah. So I have no choice. I am in this in this path, in this route, because I am committed. And it's not because I chose to just out of the blues. It's just that I know that there's something that I have to do and some agreement that I did and everything is gearing to that to, to comply with that agreement and I'm doing my part. That's all I'm doing. I mean everything is given to me, for example, the the transcript, the higher truth is given to me, what am I going to do with that? I have to post it. I have to write books. I have to get in, get out there and spread the word. That's my job. That's what I do. Absolutely. And in our last remaining minutes, Frank, why don't you tell people about your future projects? Because I want people to find you. Yes, please. Uh, this is what I do. Uh, I'm currently, I, I do have a website uh, which talks about me, talks about the transcript, talks about near-death experience, uh, and I do lectures. I do live lectures about near-death experience. There's, there's a tab on my webpage. I've been doing the lectures for about six months now, but I have found out that there's a lot of people that want to go to the lecture, but 
because of the day, because of the time, because of the distance, they cannot make it. And uh, there's a lot of people that I'm leaving behind. And to avoid that and to help people, what, I, what I've done was I have put together my live lectures into the lecture tab of my webpage for you to see it for free. I'm going to be posting that uh, effective on August the 1st for all those people that are interested or those that have not been able to see my live lectures so they can have uh, an understanding, a better understanding of what a near-death experience is. Uh, you might call me controversial, but I speak the truth. That's the way it is. And uh, my future plans, uh, in addition to my book that I already have out there on Amazon, which you can access through my uh, web page and the link of the library, uh, I have a book about near-death experience. Actually, the, in the beginning of, the, of this uh, dialogue that I had with you, that I asked you to draw a horizontal line with the physical side on the right and the spiritual side on the left, if you go to my uh, library and you see the book Near Death Experience, you're going to see that drawing right there in a blackboard. Uh, on the so cover. You can have a, on the cover. Yeah, on the cover. So you can have a clear understanding of what I was talking about. Read the book uh, so you can have a, a better insight of what a near death experience is. And, uh, and future, my future plans are. Uh, doing a workshop, which I already did my first workshop about two weeks ago, and it was a total success. But I want to make that, uh, that workshop available online, too. So, so just sign in to my website, and you're going to see all my future projects. I have so many things on the drawing board that it is, it's going to take me a lifetime and a half to finish up. So I have to put as much as I can, as fast as I can, with whatever time I have left in this earth plane. So if you follow me, we can go very far. Uh, that's, that's about it. Uh, yep. Because there are way too many projects that I have on hand. And uh, I might, let's see, what, let's see how far I can go with this. Absolutely. Thank you, Frank. And, and I want to remind everyone that the website is searchingtruth.org. And you go to the lectures uh, tab. And then you go down, and where it says free, what does it say, Frank? Free, uh, I'm trying to remember what the website says. Free video. Free video. And it's just a text, but click on the text, and you'll be able to get the free video. Um, well, Frank, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, we really appreciate of your time. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm available anytime that you want to talk about near-death experience reincarnation, uh, the purpose of life, I mean, you name it, I can talk about that.